Welcome to this sponsored Tech Byte with our fine friends over at HashiCorp. Today's topic is a level set for their console product. Maybe you've heard the name in passing, perhaps you took it for a test drive a couple of years ago, or you could even be using it today as a storage solution for Vault. The point is, console has changed and evolved significantly from its humble beginnings, and with us today is Van Fan to bring us up to date on what console is doing today. Van, welcome to the show. Let's start with the million dollar question. For folks who aren't familiar, what exactly is console? Hello, Natalie. Ethan. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Happy to be here, first of all, and looking forward to our conversation. So yes, to answer your, your great first question, uh, the million dollar question that comes up quite a bit when I talk to customers is, you know, what is console? And to really set the context, you know, I wanted to pro provide some, some background. You and I and many people know that your customers are moving to the cloud and migrating to the cloud. We see a lot of modernizations happening with applications and adopting microservices as part of that journey. Uh, we also see the adoption of multi-cloud, including the private cloud on-prem as part of this long-term strategy. And so whether that's by design or on accidents, through acquisitions, um, you know, there's there's this, you know, the end result is that multi-cloud is, is is the future, right? And so multi adopting the cloud is great for innovation and for lots of other reasons, uh, but the shifting of the, the operating model between, you know, managing things that are static on-prem at the data center where you have physical hardware, monolith applications, static IP addresses, known perimeters, to something in the public cloud that's, you know, where your resources like your compute, your services, your IPs are all dynamic and ephemeral. This shift can be very challenging and managing and straddling between the two models is very challenging. So end of the day, in a nutshell, and you're kind of a long-winded way to answer your question, in a nutshell, consoles are here to provide some consistency across that, right? Uh, console, think of console as a uh, a service networking platform that provides a, a consistent set of workflows to help secure and connect services using a consistent single control point across these multiple public and private clouds. So, you know, when we're talking about these workflows, they include, you know, discovering services, applying uh, service identities as part of that to replace these ephemeral IP addresses as, you know, this control unit that is used for enforcement, right? The you know, part of the workflow is securing services and ensuring customers can get to zero trust and enabling traffic shaping with our, our service mesh. We also include um, you know, automating services uh, and automating security and then providing access to services through an API gateway. So the culmination of everything I just said, again, very long-witted, I hope, I hope it's clear, but the culmination of all these cap capabilities really makes Console a, a unique control point for managing network services across clouds and, and runtimes. So, so Van, it feels like Console is Kubernetes, but all of the things you'd have to bolt on to Kubernetes to to create what the console solution is. Console's already got it all. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, console leverages Kubernetes. Kubernetes has, yeah, you're right. It has a lot of these built-in functionalities, but, but console go, expands further beyond that, right? You have you know, Kubernetes there to, to bring up you know, apps and services, but there's lots of aspects that are, are still missing in terms of security and connecting services between them in a consistent way. And, and we go beyond Kubernetes, go into VMs and, and into ECS and other different runtimes. So it's not just, uh, you know, focus on Kubernetes, but it is, you know, a big part of it, yes. So if I, and, and I have been in the around the tech industry for a while, I'm old Van, that's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> there are, the best products uh, are the ones that solve legitimate challenges that are felt by practitioners, right? If I've got a thing and you have the thing that solves my, my pain that I have dealing with it, 
that's the thing that I want. Uh, so what challenges does console address? Why do I buy it? What pain am I fixing? Great question. And we, we talked to lots of customers and we have, you know, we see these recurring questions, recurring themes that come up and it comes down, it's broken down to these four things that we, we see quite often or hear quite often that customers ask. And the first one being, hey, I have, you know, customers want to know what are all my services in my organization, right? They, they have this, you know, their organization and they have these services that are spread across different teams, different BUs, different networks, between different clouds, between on-prem data centers, between different runtimes, VMs, Kubernetes, ECS, AKS, EKS, right? All sorts of ways to, to run their services. And, you know, so these services are, all, are also potentially moving from on-prem to the cloud, right? So it's kind of dynamic and, and, and a moving target. So, uh, and the challenges are even more exacerbated in the public cloud where, um, you know, the, these services and IP addresses are, are ephemeral. They come and go all the time. So keeping track of everything is very challenging. Is You can't do it the way you used to, uh, you know, when you have a static data center, right? Um, so customers want this way of being able to track and consistently know about all their services, where they are, what their respective IPs are, are they healthy, are they online, any, acts, any actions are needed by them. So console provides you know, this, this uh, service discovery and service registry capability to be able to keep track and be the single source of truth for everything, right? Well, it's not like this is a new problem, right, Van, in that uh, even when it was a static data center, it, you didn't know what all the applications were running in that data center. Oh, I think yeah. it just becomes even more challenging now that you can spin up workloads uh, up and down uh, anywhere. It becomes a little harder to track things because they can they can move around uh, like whack-a-mole. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Even even in like the the static world where you know there are teams that would reach out to me for, hey, what what are your apps and services running? I'm like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to tell you about what's all my IPs and all the things I'm running, right? So it's just, yeah, it's it's that much worse now that it is, you know, in the cloud. Yeah. But to to your other question or your original question, you know, we have, uh, so that's that's the first challenge customers have, right? They, we have these other three one, three other challenges where, that they bring up to us all the time, where they also want to ensure that their services are secure. So, um, you know, obviously security is top of mind. So they want to know how how do they ensure that the services that are on their network are 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 secure when they communicate over the network. You know, obviously with microservices and services just spread all over the place, the network's a lot more busy, a lot more chatter. So they wanna be able to ensure that services when they communicate are, are encrypted and consistently you know, enforced across the whole organization for that as well. So console provides a service mesh to do that and to enable zero trust for customers. Uh, for that, for it that provides aspect. a service mesh. Is that um, like you're leveraging Kubernetes for some of the console stuff? Are you leveraging another open source project for the service mesh? So for the service mesh, we are we are using Envoy. So that mm -hmm. is you know another open source um, project that uh, is you know fairly popular and fairly well known. Uh, and you know we have our own uh, control plane, but we are leveraging Envoy to perform a lot of these uh, zero trust capabilities, right? You know, ensuring that certificates are exchanged and authenticating and authorizing everything is kind of enforced through Envoy. Got it. So I'm going to assume then with all of these nuts and bolts, I can, I can automate this thing. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm going to guess that's another thing the customers want. It's what I want. Yeah, uh, definitely. And your know, automation is, is something that, um, you know, everyone wants, uh, and you know, there's lots of benefits obviously for, uh, it makes workflows a lot more efficient. It removes any potential manual error that can occur. Uh, it, it brings services up online much more quickly, making available much more quickly to be consumed by other teams and things like that. So we have this other capability, 
uh, we call it network infrastructure automation, um, but it really it helps drive automation with network devices on uh, in the customer's environment. Okay, when you say network devices, you're you're not talking about just the services running in Kubernetes. Are you talking about possibly physical devices or virtual appliances? Yeah, that that's precisely it, right? You have uh, you have services that come online, and you know just because they are available doesn't mean they you know people can or other services or other teams can reach them. There's other network devices that need to be uh, adjusted uh, or or updated to accommodate these new services. So that's exactly what I mean. Uh, these IP addresses have to be applied to these network devices to be reachable by other services. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense as well. And I think there's a, there's a final fourth challenge uh, to, to get into around being able to control traffic consistently. Yeah, ex yeah. So you know, we talked about the service mesh, and you have network you know, shaping capabilities for all services within the service mesh, right? Uh, but there's also a desire to have you know external clients connect to those uh, services within the service mesh as well. So. Uh, customers, you know, there's lots of AP, you know ways of doing that. We provide an API gateway. And the nice thing is that it's consistent uh, within. It's part of the whole console solution. So the the way you manage and control traffic within the service mesh is going to be consistent with how you manage and control traffic for external clients to want to reach those services as well. So Van, I have one one qualifying question here to help me understand what console is not. I was conflating it as like a, a, a container launch platform, if you will, like like Kubernetes is. That's not what console is, is it? No, uh, it, it uses Kubernetes. It uses different runtimes and different orchestration tools that you know that happen to be running services. But no, it's not that. It it provides a lot of um, a, a lot of uh, services around. Kubernetes and around your services to enable them to connect yeah. in a consistent way and in a secure way. Uh, and it provides other things like, uh, you know, service discovery. So it's all this, this larger platform that provides a lot more capabilities than, than just what Kubernetes provides, right? Right. That, that's much larger than my original understanding of console when I tried it out, I don't know, three, four years ago. I really thought of it as, well, first as a key value store because I was using it with Vault. And then I kind of got the feeling that, oh, it can do some DNS stuff and maybe some service discovery. But you provided us like four big challenges that it's helping to solve. Now, my understanding is that there's a brand new version of console that got released very recently, 1.12. Can you tell us what is special at, that has enhanced what console can do in that release? Yeah, so uh, before we get into 1.12, to kind of go back to what you said earlier about how console has evolved, absolutely. It's definitely uh, evolved from the early days of being a KV store uh, and you know, in you know, a service registry, right, that we already talked about. It's gone beyond that to provide zero trust. Uh, and uh, part of the zero trust thing that you know that we are providing is, is this service identity that I mentioned earlier. And the service identity is really important because you know it becomes this control point, right, to be able to um, to authorize services and, and determine whether a service A can talk to service B rather than using IP addresses to determine that, right? Um, it can then use uh, you can use that service identity uh, to be able to authenticate services. Um, and then further encrypt it with MTLS, right? So it becomes a really important point uh, to get to zero trust, right? And so now uh, to your to your point about uh, 1.12 is that uh, we are enhancing this, this position even further to help customers get closer to zero trust by integrating 
with, uh, with vaults, right? Vaults provide zero trust for secrets management. So we want to naturally marry console and leverage a lot of those capabilities with vault. So, uh, so we're able to use vault for its PKI engine to generate TLS certificates for console's control plane and data plane, which is uh, you know, a pretty big deal. Uh, to be able to leverage that vault's capabilities for that. Uh, and in addition to that, we can have auto rotation of these certificates on the control plane and the data plane. So in the end, it really reduces the burden of uh, the administrator having to you know, manually rotate these certificates and, and rotate uh, you know, everything that, on top of everything else they have to do, right? And so when you can have auto rotation happen online and automatically enables more frequent rotations, uh, and then that leads you to having better zero trust practices, right? Uh, and then the last thing with this 1.12 is that you know not just TLS certificates are stored on on Vault, but all of our other secrets as well that are pertinent to deploying console or or running an operating console like ACL tokens and and other uh, you know, encryption keys and things like that all are, are all stored on Vault as well. So it's much more secure than just leveraging Kubernetes secrets uh, as your secret store. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's, I mean, that's a lot of stuff that you threw in the release. It seems like Vault's integration is one of the main themes of that release. Is there anything else that was really important or notable in the 1.12 release that you, that you want to bring up? So there's other notable features that we, you know, we probably won't have any time to, uh, to really dig deep into this, but, you know, going back to that, uh, the automation portion that we discussed earlier really is, is a big differentiator for console, right? We, you know, console is a single source of truth through the fact that we do service discovery and we know about all the services across all the different clouds that we talked about earlier. It can now trigger events and work with Terraform uh, and integrate with Terraform so that you know if something happens on the on the network where you have more services or scaled services or retired services, console Terraform Sync uh, can react and can automate and configure your network devices to reflect those additional changes with uh, your services that console is you know tracking. So. Okay. Okay. So you've increased the integration with Vault and with Terraform. Sounds like we're making a we're making a nice stew here. Um, hmm. Now, my understanding of Console is that it's free and it's open source, but there is an enterprise version for folks who have to manage things at scale. Uh, if people who are listening want to take Console out for a test drive or just understand more about their feet about the feature set, where can they go? Where would you suggest they they go on the interwebs to check that out? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of content, you know, from us or even from you know YouTube videos. But you can start with going to our website. We have a console.io uh, page where there's lots of use cases, case studies, technical documentation. If you want, you know, test drive it out, we have um, our 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 learn tutorials. Learn.hashcorp.com is where you can go and just play with all the different capabilities and and test out the the functions and, and features of it. Uh, and lastly, I will want to will mention that we have um, you know HTTP console as well, where you know with a managed console service, and customers can also try that for free. Excellent. Uh, how can the audience follow you on the internet if they want to hear more from you? If you have, do you have a, a handle or or a blog that they can go to? Uh, unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> it's something I've been <laughs> wanting to set up is haven't that gotten around to it. Uh, I guess my, my LinkedIn is an easy way for them to to reach. Uh, which I'm sure you will, you can provide um, on your website. Excellent. We will include that in the show notes along with the learn guides and everything else about console. 
Van Fan, thank you so much for being a guest on today's Tech Bite. And thank you to HashiCorp for sponsoring this Tech Bite. This is how Ethan and I feed our families after all. And hey, thanks to you, dear listener, for tuning in. You can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog at packetpushers.net. Until next time, just remember, cloud is what happens while IT is making other plans.